Welcome to American Dreams, Keys to Success, with your host, Alan Olson. He's a Bay Area native. He's a successful businessman, well-connected, and a friend to all. He's been published and quoted in various media outlets. And he's been honored for his philanthropic contributions. Apple pie, baseball, and now here's All-American Alan Olson. Welcome to today's show. This is Alan Olson, America Dreams, the keys to life success, where we talk about how to live the life that you want to live. And this is Nadine Camera. What are your dreams? What do you want out of life? What defines success? Well, Nadine, we have another exciting show today. And uh, by the way, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Alan, and Merry Christmas to all our listeners, too. Oh, I love this time of the year. Isn't it wonderful? It is until I get the bill. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really a big shopper. I'm I'm one of those last-minute people, and and all of a sudden I I look under the tree and I kind of measure... how much did my wife spend on me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has become quite commercial, hasn't oh, it? Oh, it has. You know, and I, I hate it. I hate going down to all those stores and seeing the, the lines and the last-minute stuff. It, uh, You know, Black Friday was bad enough. Oh, uh, that was I, – I, I wouldn't – I don't know. I, I wouldn't go out in that mess. It, to me, I avoid the malls. I, I avoid it. I like – I am an online shopper. I like that way. I know what I want. I buy it, and there's nothing else tempting me. Saying, "Buy me, buy me," because so, uh, I go to the store and oh, this would be great for this. And I ended up coming home with so much more than my intent was to buy. Uh-huh. So for uh-huh. me, online works. Online's a good thing, and then you can uh, get what you need and deliver right to you. In fact, I guess the online. You think about the logistic challenge that UPS and the post office has with all the uh, the online shoppers. We had a, a yeah, budget rent a car. Actually, it's one of those trucks. Rent a, rent a truck. Mm-hmm. Pull up in front of our house and say, "Oh, who's moving?" Well, this guy gets out. He opens up the back door, pulls a package out. He's walking up to our house. I said, "What the heck?" Was that U- United States Postal Service? <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it> UPS. <laughs> Renting, oh, you, renting UPS. trucks, UPS <laughs> renting trucks to deliver packages. So, so. Well, good. We're keeping people employed. I feel, yeah, and I feel actually the shipping fee is um, a small token to pay uh, that versus me going to the store. I just, I buy too many things, and I don't need all of those things that I buy. So for me, it's a way to uh, limit my spending, as well as it comes in a box. All I have to do is wrap it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this last week I got a note from a, it was one of the students. We have on our, our website at groco.com, G-R-O-C-O dot com. Uh, if you Google qualities of a leader, we're number one in the world under that little search term, qualities of a leader. So we get a lot of people that come to our site on the area of leadership. And, Interesting. Uh, well, now, aren't we going to have a guest coming in? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that guest? Well, Richard Whitehead will be joining us shortly. Yeah, and, and he's a leader in himself. He's a uh, oral surgeon that moved into the field of education and now runs a university called Southern Virginia University. And don't they bring in a lot of leaders into our our communities? Yeah, he he's working on a new program where they're focusing on the students of that university becoming leaders throughout this world. And it's a really, really um, unique model. In fact, they call it the small of uh, the genius of small. 
in which they're taking the average, uh, I guess they're, they're uh, students coming in, you say on the um, exams, they're able to graduate them. By the time they're done with their program, the top 5% of the uh, the examinations going on for graduate programs and, and in such. the nation so, in the nation so they really turn these students around and make them leaders they are they are doing an excellent job on that um, it'd be interesting to hear more about uh, the the opportunities that this uh, Southern Virginia University offers Southern Virginia the small school they're about little over 800 students but man they're making impact out there today and it's really exciting to hear it's actually the uh, the schools they started out they they have a little niche market 96% of the kids that attend are LDS but it's not a church sponsored school interesting which is interesting in itself that to say that uh, you have a population of kids coming from a certain demographic, uh, you know, in this case the LDS Church, but the church itself does not sponsor or give the financial support behind that. And uh, but these kids are really making a difference as they come out. So Richard Whitehead will come and he'll visit with us more. Um, well, what do you suggest for parents? Um, how th- their students? How would they try to find leadership opportunities before they send them off to school? Well, I think that leadership, the question is, as as kids go up, I I have a group of high school students that every morning I get up at 5 o'clock and uh, from around 6 to 7, you know, we we sit there and we, uh, we study the Bible scriptures and we talk to these kids and I asked them, I said, what are you guys facing out there today? And they said, oh, it's terrible. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, as we go through, we're finding that defining what a moral value is, is quickly becoming clouded. Um, This generation of kids that's growing up has, has no concept of what our generation was during our era. They're, they're in a totally different bubble. I agree there. It doesn't, it seems like personal responsibility is being lost and uh, there aren't as many leaders that, that, have um, these qualities. For instance, my son did a report in English, I believe. And the question was, uh, is violating copyright materials and downloading free music or free movies from the internet, is that acceptable? And out of a class of 30 high school students, only two said it was stealing. The rest said it was perfectly okay. So there you go. Where were they when Napster was coming out? (laughs) Well, obviously they were there. (laughs) But but uh... again, you know, you were mentioning how uh, the sense of... personal responsibility. Oh, I tell you, I, so I teach school here locally also. In addition to this early morning, I, you know, I'm a teacher at a local community college. And, uh, and, and so as part of my curriculum, I have the kids do what's called peer-to-peer learning. And uh, the way I set that up is I'll have an in-class quiz uh, exercise, and I'll say, okay, you guys, during the class period here, you get into groups of three to four and you can sit down and, uh, and and talk to each other. You can use your book, but you work through the solutions on peer to peer and discuss this, you know, in the educational model. And hopefully, by doing this, the, the intent is everybody will learn. So, give the kids a quiz. I step out of the classroom, and uh, I make a quick phone call, you know. But I'm like, you know, ten feet away. I come back in the class. I have one of the students walk to the front of class, opened up my my uh, answer key 
and was reading the answers to all the kids <laughs> in my class. There you go. Cheating's okay as long as you get away with it. And you have a good reason. The ends justify the means. I think we're seeing it more and more. <laughs> I'll tell you, what, what's wrong with the picture? They weren't just, they were announcing, I said, something, something is not wrong. They're right not here. even afraid to hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that that time I, I I let him have it. You know, I said, "Yeah, listen, this is this is this is a learning institution," and uh, but I think I think it it spells a need for the youth today that there is great opportunities to make difference and to reestablish some of the traditional values. If you think about the kids as they're coming up today, where are they going to be twenty years from now? Right. What's the world going to be like? You know, we already got enough problems of. You know what's going on in uh, trying to get our Congress degree, whether you're Democrat or Republican. They, it just is at an impasse. But the fact of the matter is, these people, as they go into the future, need to have a foundation of a strong moral slash ethical value. Right, and that's where leadership, um, anything that gives them leadership opportunities, is excellent, especially to prepare them for college and in and their future. Um, for instance, we had uh, someone on our program recently, Wally Holly, and he created Young Life, or was a founder of Young Life. Ch- was, chairman of the board. Young chair- Life's been around. He's oh, chairman, chairman of the board. board. Yeah. Excuse me, correction. And and that is just a great place where they can go and, and find leadership opportunities. Where are some other places that you suggest, Alan? Well, I think when I think for, it starts at home. It starts with a parent and a child teaching them a moral, ethical value, and then once they understand what's the right and what's wrong when they're in their peers they make the right choice even though it may be unpopular right you know, right it, and that is difficult my son for what i said he was one of the two kids that said you know stealing off the internet is wrong downloading free music is wrong it's 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 stealing um, and so it does begin in the home and yeah, teaching I think those if, values. Uh, you know, the, the kids, they, they just need to learn to stand the ground and do the right thing, even though it may not be popular. And the exciting thing, Southern Virginia University has been bucking the trend with helping these kids that are coming in in an average way, uh, becoming not only leaders, but also exceeding and excelling in their classes. And they do it through the genius of small. We're going to hear more about this program from Richard Whitehead. We'll look forward to hearing him. So stay tuned. We'll have Richard Whitehead coming on, president of Southern Virginia University. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. We have here today with us Richard Whitehead. He's the president of Southern Virginia University. Uh, Richard, welcome to today's show. Hi, Alan. Great to be here. Thanks, so, thanks for, for the opportunity to let me visit with you for a few minutes. Good to have you. I, I've actually been on your campus back there at Southern Virginia University, and you have a real unique uh, educational model. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Southern Virginia, or also known as SVU? Sure. Uh, we're a uh, faith-based liberal arts college uh, on the East Coast. Uh, the the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a faith that's associated with us. We're about 96% of our student body are members of that faith. But we welcome all faiths who all who welcome and uh, are willing to live our values and standards and our honor code. Uh, we, we're in our 16th year now. We actually took over from a uh, private girls' school that began in uh, 1867, just two years after the Civil War. 
and uh, they got into some financial concerns, lost their accreditation, and and in uh, 1996, a group of LDS businessmen came over to look at the horses. They had an equestrian flair there, and uh, and said they could just envision uh, people uh, walking the campus, and so they agreed to assume the debt. It was significant at the time, uh, in the eight to ten million dollar range, and uh, but they would keep the doors open. And so from April of 96 to August of 96, they were able to start with 74 students. And today we have just over 800 students. So it's a, it's a faith-based liberal arts college. Uh, uh, it's, uh, and then when you, you have a full sports program there then? And, uh, we do. What? We have, oh, there's about 11 different sports for men and women. Forty uh, percent of our students are involved in uh, in athletics, and uh, so it's a great opportunity for them to to become a scholar athlete, get a great education, and uh, I guess burn off a little testosterone in the process while they're while they're growing. I imagine eight hundred kids that'd be about the size of some high schools, even smaller than others. Yeah, we we have a lot of kids who have come from high schools that are four and five times bigger than we are. But uh, the beauty of our school, which we call the genius of small, is that there's only sixteen in an average class. So they're associating with their professors all the time in, in very significant ways. Uh, walking around the campus, the students uh, eat together. They, uh, they have uh, housing. Uh, about 75% of our kids uh, live on campus, so we're a residential campus. Uh, they attend activities together. They make their own fun. Uh, it's just like a little community all itself, and uh, some, some students just really thrive in that kind of a setting. When you use the, uh, the, the words, the genius of small is small better? Well, we think it is in a lot of ways in some of the things that I just described because you're, you're together all the time. Uh, you can imagine in a class of 16, uh, you know, the, uh, you've got a Ph.D. teaching you. You're not, you're not being taught by a, a student assistant or a lab assistant. You're being taught by a Ph.D. And, golly, uh, it's, it's, it's more of a Socratic type of participation in the classes. And if you're not there a time or two, Believe me, people are going to know it. And uh, it's not uncommon for one of our best professors to call a student if they've missed a time or two and say, are, are you sick? Is something wrong? Uh, and, uh, and that kind of involvement really helps to bring out the very best in young people. It's a little scary to yeah, know that your teacher has your personal phone number and where to find you there. So. It's, it's a little cultural shock, I guess. But the, but the interesting thing from, my, from our perspective is that the student also has the teacher's uh, cell number. And uh, I, I think one of the best promotional things I've ever seen, it just, uh, a student flipped over and says, I can, flipped his phone open and said, I can talk to my professor anytime I want. There's his phone number right there. And you wouldn't see that in a campus of 20, 30, 40,000 students. So when kids come to you, uh, knowing it's a smaller campus, what are, what's the typical major that they're coming through with? And what, what's the end game for them? Well, our largest major uh, over, over the last few years has been business. Now, that seems a little strange, maybe in a liberal arts uh, concept, but uh, we do a lot of exit exams to kind of see that we're keeping up with things. And over the last uh, three years, we've been in the top 5%, top 10%, and again this year in the top 5% in exit exams uh, in business. Another thing that uh, that's probably unique to us, we, we're very good at preparing uh, students for graduate programs, and uh, especially in, in the legal profession, uh, our former president, Rodney Smith, had been dean of four law schools before, uh, and he's been very helpful in a one-on-one -on -one thing. And we don't know of any students in the last seven years that wanted to go to a, uh, an ABA-accredited law school that's not in. Uh, my background is in uh, the medical field, uh, in medicine and uh, dentistry. 
we've not ha- only had a couple of kids over the last uh, eight years that I've been there that have not gotten into school. So we're very good at preparing uh, students for uh, graduate programs, yeah, MBA programs, et cetera. Uh, we ran a survey uh, a year ago, and 42% of our students indicated that they had gone on to graduate programs. That's pretty high. Wow. that That's amazing. And uh, Well, let's talk about it. So in today's economy, with uh, the cost of education out there, you know, college education is not easy trying to you know, make it more affordable. In 2010, the average college debt across the U.S. was around $25,000, and this amount is $1,000 higher than the average college debt in 2009. So the indication is that college costs of education are, are rising. Do you think economic hardships in today's economy are affecting enrollment, and how do you at Southern Virginia University combat that? Uh, the answer to your it, question yeah. is absolutely yes. The economy has affected uh, enrollment. Uh, many students have gone from traditional colleges to community colleges, two-year colleges, uh, and, and state-run colleges to try to, to save some money. Uh, we noticed about three years ago, uh, maybe 07, 08, somewhere along in there, uh, we, we had a little dip, uh, about a 10 15%, I guess, dip in our, in our enrollment, which we associated probably largely with the, the economy. Uh, but the last two years, our enrollment has gone up 25%. Uh, that's combining the two years together, so an average of 12 13% a year, which has been very good for us. The way we've strived to combat it is uh, uh, we do a lot of university grants, in fact, uh, this this year, last year, we gave over five million dollars in in student uh, grants. Uh, they're they're basically all based on uh, academic preparedness, ACT scores, uh, GPA scores. We also do kind of a, a unique thing. We give a talent grant, varies from five hundred dollars to up as much as three thousand dollars a year. Uh, it might be in in music or the performing arts and. Uh, in past years, we've we've given them uh, in, in athletics as well. Uh, now we're in the process of becoming an NCAA Division three school, and so uh, any kind of uh, ac- athletic scholarships are no longer uh, involved. Evo- uh, and so we really get in, in, involved with helping these kids find other ways to uh, to get uh, the grants that they need to help them through school. So the grants do they come through uh, private donors? They come out of the government? Who, who's funding these? Uh... Well, grants for the most part. Ultimately, they have to come from somewhere. Yeah. And many schools, they come from state-funded uh, things, and and sometimes they they come uh, from uh, uh, faith-based schools that that come directly from a, from a church or a religion. We're kind of unique because we don't have either one of those d- direct ties. So yes, uh, Alan, all of our scholarships have to come from from fundraising and and private donations and so forth, and. Uh, we, we raise about oh, a million and a half a year from those kind of sources. Uh, some of the scholarships are, are, uh, are funded just from the, the general revenues of the university, but we still have to find well over a million dollars each year. Wow. For those that don't receive grants or, or scholarships, uh, is there any financial aid available at SVU? Sure. There, there's all of the traditional financial aid that's available. Uh, we're uh, accredited with the American Academy of Liberal Education and are, are, in, the, are in the final steps of being uh, accredited with regional accreditation. That, that allows students to get Pell Grants and all other kinds of government aid. So, yes, they, they can do that. And um, what about the cost of 
campus housing. You said all of the students are housed on campus. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, not all of our students are housed on campus, but a good majority of them are. Uh, married students, uh, we have one, one married student housing unit off, a little off our campus, about uh, half a mile away. Uh, and, the, and they do have some options in the community, but we, uh, our, our freshmen and, and sophomores, until they're 21, uh, then they have to live in, in, in the housing if they're single on our campus. We think that's good. It, it really helps to bring things together. Um, our our uh, housing and, uh, and uh, uh, food service, et cetera, runs about $4,800 uh, a year. We, uh, what we do in, in order to incentivize our students to uh, stay uh, with us, then we, we give a discount each year that they stay. Then we drop that by $500,000 or whatever to encourage them to stay so, in our housing. Richard, we're going to need to take, take a quick break. We're busy here today with Richard Whitehead of Southern Virginia University. We'll be right back after these messages. Great. Welcome back. We have with us here Richard Whitehead. He's the president of Southern Virginia University, and we've been talking about the genius of small, a small school located on, uh, I guess, in mid-Virginia. Yep, a little uh, town of about 6,000. Uh, Buena Vista is the way they say it. Buena Vista. I, that Disneyland has something with the Buena Vista in it, too. Well, we maybe ought to connect up with them some way. <laughs> And fun and entertainment, that's what that symbolizes to me. Um, well, let's, let's go back in, as, as we are talking about before the break, the, um, you know, with the university there, your, your students, and, uh, you know, what the typical students like that's coming to Southern Virginia University? Well, well um, we hope most of them are coming there to get a solid education, uh, Alan, and uh, the average GPA is about 3.3. The average AT, ACT score is 23.24 in that range. Uh, we, we've uh, we've learned that students who have a 2.65 or lower do not really thrive in this in this kind of a community. We we still consider them, uh, but that's kind of been our, our cutoff. We we don't want to just have a student come and and spend some money and not really thrive. So we we have ways uh, with some counseling and some mentoring that really helps those kind of students. But we assess them further. Uh, we'll often talk with with people that they know. Uh, in, in many uh, cases, ecclesiastical people who know those young people well and say, you know, are, are they capable of working? Can they really go to work? And if they do, then, then we get right after them. And uh, we've shown that, that often they'll rise right up to the 3.3, 3.4 uh, and do really well. You know, the interesting thing is uh, in, in the first segment you were mentioning about preparing your students for uh, interest exams. And uh, they were scoring in the top five percent. Yeah, that, that, so. that that's in uh, in business uh, on an exit exam. They they've done very well that. One of the more interesting things that that we do is called the collegiate learning assessment (CLA). It's often called. Uh, that's where a student in high school is giving a uh, a set of data, and they're then they're suggested a, a a problem that they might solve, and then they come to a conclusion to how to solve that problem and justify their their. Uh, in writing what they've concluded as some similar to what you might see in an MBA case study program. Then when those students go to a, to a different university, then they assess them uh, and, and look at the scores compared to all the rest of the nation. And our kids enter, entered in the 68th percentile, so better than average kids. But the amazing thing for us, and I think this is part of what we call the genius of small, 
when they exited uh, three and a half, four years later when they graduated, they were in the 93rd percentile. So a significant value added. And that's that's the genius of small. You know, it reminds me of that, that story, uh, Stand and Deliver, the movie several yes. years ago about how, you know, by putting a person into the right program, you know, educational program with teachers that care and know how to reach those students so they can work miracles in their lives. A lot of our students know exactly where they're going. I mean, they've they've already decided, hey, I'm going into medicine, I'm going to become a CPA, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Uh, but we don't necessarily encourage them to select a major unless they've they've had that kind of feeling before. And we find oftentimes that students will come and they'll they'll hit something like music history or art history and think, wow, this is where I this is where I belong. Uh, or, or it could be uh, English literature, all, all the different kinds of traditional liberal arts types degrees. But so we don't get too concerned if a student hasn't accept, uh, established a major until their third or fourth semester. Is it a close school? The kids know each other? They know everyone. You know, it's funny. We often joke about that. If you go to a school maybe of uh, 30,000, 40,000, you, you may know kids in your class or, or if it's uh, if it's faith-based people that you go to church with uh, but that's about all you know but here you know everybody in fact even in, in my office and you've been in my office Alan on across from my desk is a picture of every single student uh, I can't tell you that I know every single one but I know a lot of them uh, and uh, and the faculty although all know them very well they, they'll know their class within two or three class periods and uh, then they see them on campus and associate and we, we, we meet together. Uh, each of our students have to take a, a course in, uh, it's called uh, the leader servant class. Uh, our mission is to prepare leader servants in the world, the workplace, the community, and the church, and in the home. That's an interesting concept, a leader servant. Leader servant. And what is that meant? Well, we, we think that, that students ought to have an opportunity to learn how to be leaders, and yet also to give back, to, to serve, to serve the community, uh, to serve the people around them. And so uh, we bring in speakers. Uh, you you actually came as I think a part of our leader I servant did. class. Yeah, the last year. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit of, about uh, becoming a leader and what it meant from your perspective and how it tied into your particular profession. And those kids all re- all remember that. Uh, you know, you had the little cows that they brought to kind of remind them about what you had talked about. And when <laughs> every once in a while, I'll hear one go off. Uh, so they haven't they haven't forgot that we we just have have wonderful people that come from from all over the country, uh, and and, and uh, as I remember you know you you got to have lunch with uh, six or eight of our students, that's that's the real uh, thing for these students is if they can meet you know someone like you or or other you know nationally recognized people who bring a profession sit down and have lunch have dialogue with them it does two things number one it gives those students an opportunity. Uh, to to uh, associate with with significant people, uh, we we had uh, Clayton Christensen uh, from the Harvard uh, Law School uh, in the in the field of sports. We had Charlie Manuel, who is the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he he grew up in this little town. He was happy to come back. So a lot of those kind of people. So first, it gives it gives the students a chance to interact. But I think even more important, maybe for us, is that it gives the people who visit us to see. What's happening here? You know, during the break, you had mentioned uh, that students have the ability to graduate in three years. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the unique things about our school, and uh, there's other schools doing that. I don't know if we're the very first, but we have a four-year guarantee. 
if a, if a student is coming and, and participating uh, and taking the classes that's necessary, obviously they have to pass the classes, we guarantee that they'll graduate in four years or less. If not, we pick up the tab. But uh, you mentioned the, the three-year graduation rate. Our average graduation rate is 3.6 years. About 15, 20% graduate in just three years. The, the way that they do it is they have to take a full load, which is 15 hours. Then they, they have to take a religion course for credit. The, the religion classes or you know, Old Testament, New Testament, et cetera, that transfer in for credit. Uh, and and a- actually, the, the LDS faith, uh, through the church education system, host those classes, so they, they have no tuition for those. So they take one of those, so 15 hours plus a, a religion class for credit in the fall and in the spring, and then in the summertime, we offer uh, th- three five-week periods, uh, and, and you can take two three-hour classes. So you get six hours there. So if you take 15 hours and, and a religion class for, class for credit in the fall and in the spring, and then one of those terms, with two, three years, you can graduate in three years. And it works out very well. And, and that really collapses the, the financial aspect of it all. What about preparation? Um, do you find that the students that, you're, that are coming in are really prepared for college, or is there something that they can do better to prepare for entering college? We've done a lot of assessments that, that way too, Nadine, and uh, here's, here's the things that we found. Students who, who graduate from high school, on the average, there's exceptions both ways, they don't really write very well. They don't really speak very well. So uh, we, we put together a matrix that requires in most classes that they have to write a paper and that they have to do an oral presentation. The other thing that they're, that they're lacking in is, is cognitive, the ability to think through an issue, come to a conclusion, and really realize my opinion matters and I can justify how I feel. And so we, we really encourage those three things. And I think that's why, like on the collegiate learning assessment and other things uh, that we've done, our kids just seem to grow through through that element. It's fun to watch them come in uh, and, uh, and, and see what happens to them. So, Richard, if someone wanted to find out more information on Southern Virginia University, how do they learn more? Well, the best way probably is to go to our West website, uh, www.svu.edu. And uh, it's it's a great uh, website, and you can get all kinds of information there. Okay, and what what percentage of the kids coming in are uh, actually seeing some type of grants or aids? Oh, I would be in the in the mid to high ninety percent that receive some kind of aid. Wow, there's very few that just out and out pay the full price, because we have a matrix set up that based on your ACT and your GPA, wherever they cross, then. That, that's a predetermined of the amount that they could receive in, in some kind of scholarship. If they have other talents or something of that nature, then there might be a little added. Sounds like you found a winning formula there with these kids. Well, we think we do. We're, we're happy with what we've got. It's, it's a unique thing. Uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, we grew up in uh, St. George, Utah. I did, and uh, we intended to go back there and spend a year. We're now in our ninth year. We've just fallen in love with it. And what better things can you do than help our kids? Well, hey, we appreciate you having you here on the show today, Richard, and uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be right back after these messages. We're just finishing up with Richard Whitehead, the president of Southern Virginia University. We'll be right back. You're listening to American Dreams with Alan Olson on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Welcome back. Well, that was wonderful hearing from Richard Whitehead at Southern Virginia University. Yes, he had a 
wonderful things to say about that university. Well, I'll tell you, learning how to get kids through college in today's economy is not easy. That's true, Alan. What do you suggest? How do parents prepare financially to put their children through college without having to dip into their retirement? Well, I'll tell you, I I had four kids in college last year at the same time. And then, and then we put it, my son-in-law there too. It, uh, you know, it's a, you know, five five kids going through school. And I'll tell you, I uh, a few years back, people asked me, "Alan, how do you afford that?" And right. I'll say, "I'll go one up." I'll say, "I'll tell you something that makes absolutely no sense at all." And this is what I did. I, I, uh, after putting my second child in college, um, I was sitting there on campus one day, and I looked at the school and said, "You know, this is a real nice school." But I suddenly had this feeling. I said, there's a lot of kids out there that need education, but because they're, you know, for whatever reason, they come from financially struggling families or their parents may have been divorced or, you know, they, they just, you know, they're, they're these at-risk kids that they, they didn't have the opportunity that my kids were having. And so I said, uh, would pull my wife aside. I said, hey, why don't we do something nice for these kids up there for this school by sending up an endowment fund. And uh, she goes, sure, that sounds great, honey. What do you think? And I said, well, I think we'll give all of our kids college education money to this endowment fund. And uh, and to top it off, we're going to go out, we'll write a home equity check, and we'll just basically drain the bank account and put it all in. And she says, are you sure about that? I said, yeah, let's do it. And, wow. uh, and and so it was a marvelous experience. I had no idea what would turn out as a result of this. But we went back to our kids and I said, hey, kids, mom and dad are broke. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're in college and now we need your help. And they're saying, well, what do we need to do, dad? I said, well, look, I said, we're we're helping kids that don't have an opportunity to go to college and we put this endowment fund together, and we we're going to ask you to help us in this in this venture. And I said, you know, whether you want to or not, it's already a done deal. I said, but uh, when you kids come home, uh, we got your first first tuition all all paid for and stuff. I said, but when you come home, what we're going to do is we're going to give you the opportunity to go to work and to pay for your college education. You can pay for your tuition. You can pay for your housing. You can pay for your meals. And, um, and I said, when, um, you know, that, that opportunity will be there. I said, but we will not allow you to work when you're in school. I said, if you feel the need to get a job, we'll pull you out of school and you can work at home. And then when you're ready to go, you go back again. And so the first semester, they all said, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and do this. And, and, um, I remember my son came home and, uh, spent a little bit of time at home. I said, well, do you want to work? Do you want to do... No, I don't feel like working. I'm real tired. I had a busy day at, you know, in in <laughs> schools, and it was a lot of work. I said, okay, well, if you don't need the money, fine. So he had it all figured out in his head that he could live on twenty dollars a week for food. Halfway through the semester, I said, how are you doing? He goes, well, hungry. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and so then he came home and said, can I can I get some work and can I you know? And I said, absolutely. I said, that's what we'd like to help you to do to learn this entrepreneurial, you know, side of things. And and so the kids, uh, it was a tremendous experience because they went through college, they paid every tuition check, they paid every meal, 
you know, housing check. They did everything themselves. And by the time that they were coming out, I now have two kids graduated. Um, they did tremendous in school, but they're entrepreneurs. Well, yeah. And they've learned how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook yeah. and how to do a budget. So that I think was a great financial education. They, they, they've had the experience of what real life is. And and the opportunity that you gave them didn't interfere with their school. That's what I like to hear was that it was during their summer break or their or their break from school. Sometimes it's yeah, other breaks yeah. as well. Uh, so that while they were at school, they could apply all of their time to their studies. So enough of that. I mean, look, that's ridiculous for a financial planner to tell you this is how you pay for kids' <laughs> school. But I, I, I wanted to share well, this. Some, I, I mean, it. There are some colleges that, yeah. uh, or universities that are just far more expensive than others. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, uh, SVU that we just spoke to, it's pretty reasonable uh, in cost. Well, they're, they're, not, they're, they're a, a liberal arts school. Uh, I think they're around nineteen thousand dollars a year, but they were able to subsidize. I think ninety percent of the kids going in there, they can subsidize like eighty percent of the tuition costs coming through. Wow. Um, so it's a lot of opportunities. But one thing they want to see is they want to see academic performance. And the net result of this, that if you take our check, you got to do well in school. Right, right. And uh, it, it's a handout, but it's a handout with a string attached. And so, um, you know, with the kids today, I think there's a lot of financial resources out there that they can look for. Mm -hmm. uh, they just know where to find it. Uh, we realize that, that uh, the government has all sorts of programs going on. Um, but at the same time that this is going on, the schools are really struggling with their budgets that nothing's balancing out there. And uh, every time you turn around, you hear something on the news that, uh, you know, they're not making payroll, so they need to cut a little bit more. And I, I kind of have concerns about the future of education here. Well, um, I, I, I don't want to mention the, the state university, but we have a local state university that I've heard that um, they're accepting too many uh, students and that a lot of uh, students are going home because they couldn't get their classes that they need to get their degree. Hmm. Um, hmm. And so they're over, over um, accepting too many students for the courses that they offer. Uh, they're also raising tuitions. I mean, you hear a lot about that and, and about the students upset at, at the administrations for, for raising so the, I, I'm concerned as well. Well, the unique thing is that as you go back and look at the Southern Virginia University, you know, what Richard's doing is truly novel because the, the state-run schools, the classes get bigger and bigger. And, uh, and, and the net result is that the larger class you lose touch with, you know, uh, the opportunity to really access the instructor. Wally Holly, uh, I guess a few weeks ago, talked about this online online learning model. I was and, just going to mention Wally's online learning model. But but to give you an example there, it's a great model, but he mentioned a class at Stanford had 135,000 students in it. Wow. Now that that's a much different than than uh than SVU where you could just pick up your phone and call your instructor. Oh, your instructor calls you <laughs> 10 in the class, right? <laughs> So that, there's a major difference, but it depends on, you know, a lot of these prestigious universities that Wally Holly represents, th that's the key. That's the ticket to, if you want that degree with that label of Purdue or, or some of the other the labels. University of Texas. Exactly. And, yeah. So it depends on what you want and what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. now, well, I think so setting out your, as the kids are looking at school today and they're looking at college education, I would say pursue your dream. 
you know, you only go through that, that phase once in your life, you know, between the ages of 18 to 24, you know, and then, and then once you pass through that, it's, it's kind of hard to take life back and say, I want to get a college education later in life. So I think what needs to be done is, is the, the kids that are the lower income, lots of opportunity. Right. Uh, there, there to is. find money out there. And there's lots of scholarships. and The government has great programs out there. For the kids that are the middle to higher economic classes, you know, they have some options available to them. And they can work like your, like your children did. And what about parents? How can parents uh, go forward with, without touching their retirement? What do you suggest? Well, I think that you know. So you got the um, you got the credits that the government's offering. You mm-hmm. know the uh, the American Opportunity Credit. So Pell this grants. Is Pell grants, and um, you know you look at things. Life term learning credits, another one that's out there. But there's a lot of opportunities for uh, grants and um, education credits in the tax code today. And um, you know it's just it's setting out where you want to. You know where you want to send the kids. If if you're sending kids to the now state tuition, I've heard, I had a, a friend that had two students. I think that she's going to the University of Arizona, Arizona State, and she's fifty thousand dollars a year in education costs. <laughs> I have a friend with student at Stanford, and want to talk about costs. Uh, uh, nearing a hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, but you can live at home. <laughs> <laughs> you do save that housing cost if you live in, in Fremont. That's true. But it, it is quite expensive depending on what university you go to. Yeah. And it, so it's yeah. nice to hear about a university like SVU that is so reasonable in cost and has such great um, results from taking ch- uh, students with average you know, GPA scores and turning him into the top five in the nation. And also, it's just not about the academic, but it's also about the ethical and moral values. Those kids are being taught leadership skills for life. And so when a parent's evaluating where to send the kids, you want to make sure that you're sending them where, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to come out with some real strong characteristics that will help them to succeed in life. Right. And be strong members of the community. I think that's where it's really about. I agree with that. So, well, Nadine, we have to take a quick break here. This is Alan Olson, America Dreams, the keys to life success. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to American Dreams with Alan Olson on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back. Well, we've had an exciting show today. We uh, we had Richard Whitehead on, the president of Southern Virginia University, and then we went into discussing all about college education and financing costs today, and also touch points about uh, what the kids today face out there. Uh, you know, in order to obtain an education, the students need to prepare and families need to prepare. If your children's learn to save when they're young, it, and it will help them to understand the benefits of a college education, they'll become more accountable for earning what they need to help pay for college. Right. And and this all weighs in with the leadership qualities that they're going to need as they enter into the community, their various communities in the nation, and and become part of the workforce. And or uh, leadership, if if you're a woman and you decide to stay in the home and raise children, you're still going to need those leadership qualities. Alan, you know Richard uh, Richard Whitehead, president of. SVU that just spoke said that you were part of their leadership series and that you actually went there and spoke to them. Can you share a little bit about that? With I us? did. That that was an exciting experience. We had um, they had a they don't have a facility that that really allows for the full student body, but we were able to fill it's something equivalent to a gymnasium 
mm-hmm. all the chairs out there, and this thing was filled. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all came to hear uh, about leaders. That I, I call the talk the leaders of tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you, in this country today, and this is, you know, what, there, there's a survey a couple years ago that, that surveyed the college-age college age kids today about uh, defining what a moral value is. A lot right. of people didn't know what that meant. They were like, what is that? You know, and, uh, you know, and so you're looking at, you know, things like either the law of chastity or ethical decisions. You know, what is a moral value? And a lot of kids were like, we're not sure what you mean. And wow. and the uh, is that like uh, feeding your parking meter or <laughs> yeah? And so, um, what they face today, they need leadership, they need guidance, they need direction. And I a couple years ago, I went out and took a, a survey. I got ten people uh, to do a tape for me, and uh, it, it, everyone from I, I had the uh, the chairman of the board of AT and T, a forty thousand company all the way down to a young student starting out working a junior achievement wow. and uh, and but we we asked them for perspective can you share with us if you had to give a message to the youth today what would you tell them and um, every one of them had excellent advice those who've already been through the road of, of life who were at the the, the tail end could say, you know, based on what I learned, here's the message that I would give. And they talked about accountability. They talked about picking your position and, and focusing on doing the right things in life. Um, the ones that were starting out were, were at a different place in life. Mm-hmm. They talked about, you know, based on where we're at today, make sure that you make good choices. Make sure you understand the direction you're taking and uh, so you can get to where you want to be. So when we put this together, I came up with a list of attributes um, that uh, the messages that I would give to the kids today. And here they are. There's five different things. Okay. Number one, when you're looking at your life, think about where do you want to be three to five years into the future? Mm-hmm. What do you want your life to be like? Define it. Set some goals. Exactly. You got goals out there, and then based on what you're doing today, what do you need to do to get to that pathway? Uh, these kids, if you're at the, you know the age of 18 to 20, now when I'm at my age, you know the, the mid 50s, you know I, I can I can look back and I can say you know I can see where I've been, I can see what I've learned, mm-hmm. and so I can always mentor a, a student or a child who's trying to get through life. And, uh, and tell them, okay, here's what I've gained experience from. And the same advice I give to the kids when they're at that place of three to five years and you want to set your direction to go this way, you know, who's already there? Who's your role model? Right. You know, and, and learn from them. Take that learning curve and incorporate that into your own life. So think differently. Think on your pathway to success. Focus on your relationships. Who do you know that can enable you to get to where you want to be? You want right. to be a politician? Good luck. <laughs> but they need great leaders today in this country and good ethical leaders. And um, it, their direction should be their passion. There's exactly. one, you know, a lot of uh, students and, and kids nowadays want to just make money. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, I want to get the job that pays the most. I want to make money. And and many people are very unhappy when they realize that it's not all the money that makes them happy. They need okay. to do something they enjoy, that they're passionate I, about. I, I agree. I agree. That passion needs to fall within a person. It's never about the money, guys. Realize it's never about the money. Money's an enabler, but it's not your final end game. 
Right. Okay. So you want to learn to work harder and smarter. You know, right. or, or vice versa, work smarter rather than harder. <laughs> and um, and then learn to communicate, listen, persist, and then make yourself accountable to whatever you decide to do. Focus on the success, the end game with that. Right. Excellent advice, Alan. So these kids today, I, I think they got a lot to look forward to. We got a lot of problems in this country that need to be fixed. And uh, the, the more people that we have that are based on leading on correct principles, I think the better off we as a nation will be. I agree. Well, Nadine, it's been a great show today, having Richard Whitehead of Southern Virginia University here. Uh, together, we're talking all about the kids and the youth of today who will be the leaders of tomorrow. Yes, Alan, and thanks for having me. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone, and we'll see you again next week on Alan Olson's America Dreams. Discovering your keys to success. This is American Dreams on AM 1220 KDOW.